Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Healthy Christian Project. Today, I am joined by Mitch Muller, who is the go-to online fitness coach for Christian men struggling with health, struggling with weight, struggling with all that stuff. And he's been in the fitness industry for, I think, a lot longer than I have and has a lot more stories, a lot more experience. So this is going to be a really exciting episode. Uh, Mitch, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit here? Hey, man. First of all, I appreciate it, Ellie. I appreciate just, uh, you know, reaching out and, um, and just having this opportunity to, to talk about all of these things that are just super important. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I guess introducing me. Yeah. I mean, where do I even, uh, <laughs> where do I even start with that? I just feel at the end of the day, I feel like a normal guy who just loves the, the calling that the Lord gave me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's like, we can go in the fitness direction and I can, you know, talk about that all day long that, you know, I've been in the fitness space since I was 19 years old and I'm 34 now. And, uh, it's, it's amazing the progression that's taken, you know, over that time of what the Lord has brought me through. And, you know, he, he teaches us lessons along the way. We're not going to know everything right. right out of the gate. Right. And, uh, so I just been very fortunate that I feel like he's never left my side. He's guided me through the, the ups and downs and all these different things, but mm-hmm. do you mind through- if I ask, actually, I'm kind of curious, mm-hmm. yeah. like what, what brought you to bridging faith into your, your own fitness journey and then coaching others to bring faith into it as well? Oh yeah. So it was definitely a progressive process over many years. I like, I was raised in the church, so I always felt, you know, close to the Lord. And it's like, we, you know, sometimes we, as men will have certain seasons of our life where we'll kind of drift away a little bit, or maybe just get distracted with the way life is, especially in like the college years, which, you know, we do, we want to start changing that that doesn't need to be the normal anymore, but it it was for me. And, uh, so I always felt he like he was there, but I had a, uh, just an excitement for, for sports and being, being a competitor. I was, uh, you know, three sport athlete, basketball, football, track in high school. Oh, wow. Uh, so when I, when I finished high school, it's like, okay, well, what do I do now? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I and I love the weight room. I love being in there and training. So I just kept doing it. I just never stopped. And, uh, it was, it was interesting. I was training at a, um, a church of all places. This was back when I was really probably 20, 21. Like 21 years old, I was uh, I was working out there and I was training some clients there too. It was kind of it was cool. It was like a, this small dungeon gym. Not a lot of people went in there, and I kind of came in at the right time, and they let me run it however I wanted. Like I really, just, you know, I kind of volunteered my time at the at their front desk, if you want to call it that. It was just like you know, next to the they have a full court basketball court, and the next to that that run run the like the length of the court uh, inside mm-hmm. was a whole gym. And it was all donated wow. and no, they didn't have anybody to run it. So, uh, but you know, we put Bible verses up on the walls and started to run boot camps out of there. Um, like I had, I had high hopes for this place. It didn't turn out the way I wanted it, but you know, it was, but it was in this season of my life. Cause I'm using this to get, get somewhere with this. Uh, it was in this season of my life where I, I felt the Lord start to download in, into me, uh, just an idea. And that idea was for a, a fitness facility, a gym. Um, more like a campus that would be just radiating the love of the father and mm-hmm. that it would, and it's not like it's just like a Christian gym or anything like that, but it's, I mean, it's open to everybody, but like, if you're, if you're going to come into that gym, you're going to get Jesus. Like that's, what's going to happen, you know? And just, just having that entire atmosphere and the Lord just like, just downloaded that right into my, into my brain randomly one day was not thinking or like it didn't grow 
you know, it was just random. It was instantaneous. And so I went home and I started to write down all these notes. I was like, oh man, this would be so cool. And I felt the Lord saying, don't put a cap on it. Like whether it's money or time or the resources, because I'm like, I'm just a kid at the time. Like I have no idea how to, how to open a facility like this, let alone where mm-hmm. to get the money or the back. Yeah, where do you start? Yeah, I have no idea. But I'm like, what I do know is the ideas that the Lord has given me. So if I have a pen and paper, I could start writing this stuff down. And that's, and that's what I did. And then over the next decade or so, it just, it, it, it would grow and I would add stuff to it. Um, but it was from that initial point where I believe the Lord, he, he started to give me that mission and it was specific towards helping men grow into the, the men of God that they are called to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd like, I was excited about it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. But as we know, when the Lord gives us this mission or just the direction that we need to go in, often the first thing that will happen is that he has to change us first. Right. 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 We're often not ready. Yes, exactly. And and I was like, if, if Jesus, like what happened when Jesus got baptized was the first thing that happened after Jesus got baptized, he went into the wilderness 40 days and had his wilderness season and was tested by the devil. Like if Jesus had it, then we're going to have it too, most likely. So, so uh, like, I think already your journey sounds kind of like, like King David, you knew what you were supposed to do at a very young age, but God spent like 15 years preparing you to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and a lot of that, I mean, looking back on it is my fault because I allowed myself to get distracted and, but, you know, looking back, it's, it's cool to see how he aligned all the pieces, you know, in, in the grace that she, that he shows us when mm-hmm. we don't have it right every single time. It's like, you may take a wrong turn. Like I was in a relationship I shouldn't have been in for a couple of years there. Uh, you know, things like that, that it's like, okay, that probably wasn't God's will. <laughs> Just looking back on it. Uh, and, but he's still there and he's still going to work through it and his will is going to be done no matter what. But I mean, there were so many different things that happened during the course of that time, uh, that I could, that I could touch on, but it was, it was basically that when the Lord gave me that idea, um, it, and it wasn't until sad to say, it wasn't until like late 2020, early 2021. Just recently. Yeah. That the toughest season of my life, like spiritually. Oh, wow. And, it's, and it started when, I mean, I moved across the country to be with my girlfriend, who's now my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, we were long distance for a year. I lived in Phoenix and a lot of doors were closing. It's like, you know, I felt the Lord pushing me out of Phoenix. I never thought I would leave. I was born and raised there. It was, you know, great. I, you know, everyone I know is there. I don't know anyone in Georgia. Um, well, I had one buddy that was living there, but I was like, okay, I'm going to move across the country. If, you know, I'm going to give it a year and see what happens. And, mm-hmm. and then that was the end of 2019. And then COVID happens 2020 and that just kind of put a wrench in the mix of i mean that whole year is a blur as i'm sure everyone agrees yeah for everybody here i don't even know there was just so much (laughs) but yeah so i i go into the this season and towards the end of 2020 like i felt like there was a good things happening in my life like a business-wise financially 2020 was actually a great year but everything spiritually seemed to come to a halt and I think it was because I was so internally focused on myself and how I felt. I, I flat out said, I remember telling Mary Kate, who's now my wife, I'm not happy. Like, I don't remember the not last happy. time I was happy. Really? And there was a lot of, I think, factors that went into that. Just, you know, other personal things. But it was during, that's how things initially started. But I know deep down in my heart, 
I just wanted God's will for my life. But I was to the point where uh, I was like, I don't feel my life is going anywhere here. I want to go back home to Phoenix. I had no friends. I was isolated. Like there was, there was, I had nobody around. I was used to being around people all the time and I just had nobody. And, uh, you know, except for being around Mary Kate, which was still a blessing, but you know, and it just caused tension between us. I was, right. I was ready to leave the relationship. I was, I was questioning my purpose and why God even like, I was like, I thought you said you had all this stuff planned for me. And I went, you know, setback after setback of what I thought I was supposed to do. And, uh, so I went to this retreat. My, my, uh, my girlfriend at the time was, uh, she was begging me to go to this like weekend retreat. It was just a couple of days. And this is where the transformation yeah. happens. It's always oh. at a retreat. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was resistant. She kept telling me it was months of like, and you should, you definitely need to go to this. And I was being prideful and stuff, but also I felt like I wanted the Lord to tell me, not just her pressuring me. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so whatever it is, I got there. Okay. So, and I mean, the Lord just radically moved and something that's so important for all of us as men of what I experienced that weekend is I felt the love of the father for the first time. And How when so? we experience that like i mean i was on my face like i was in tears there was like worship time going on the the woman that was leading worship uh stopped and spoke and well sang actually prophetically over every individual there there was seven of us i believe i was the only male and mm -hmm. she started to sing prophetically over me at that time and that's when i like i completely lost it and she started to speak as if like it was god speaking directly to me wow and it was the most powerful thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. And she she got so emotional that she couldn't sing the words anymore, that she had to stop what she was doing and speak even more over me. The Lord was just giving her a ton of, of stuff to say to me. But, you know, saying that how the Lord is so proud of me and that he's never been disappointed in me. And I'm, man, I'm going to get emotional just talking about it. Uh, is I just think back to how that felt, you know. And, but anyway, I mean, that whole weekend, it was multiple prophetic words that were so spot on. I was prophesied over that, uh, the Lord would expand my influence and mm -hmm. he wanted the credit for all of it. And he emphasized all of it like twice. Um, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even what five, five months after that, I started my TikTok account. And within a year I had reached 500,000 followers on mm -hmm. there. Wow. So it's like oh, already the Lord was already moving, but it was through that season where, I mean, he set me free of so many chains. I felt like were holding me down. It was my identity that I didn't understand in him. It was just the, the love of the father. And it was after that time I went home and I just, I mean, I felt this release. I felt that like, wow, I, I feel like I'm free that I wow. can, I can walk forward in faith, not even knowing what's going to come next. That was the beauty in it. It's like, I didn't even care. I just knew that he, he holds tomorrow. That's all I know. Amen. Right. Amen. It was like, you have so much peace and joy when you're in the presence of the Lord. And I felt him say very clearly that he's like, I want you to start to write down this process that I've been taking you through. Like, just start to write it down. What was the first thing I did for you? What was the first like question that I put into your mind? And mm -hmm. I started to write all of that. And I was like, okay, is this going to become like a book? You know, what is this going to be? And, mm -hmm. and I, initially I did start to write a book. I got like three quarters of the way done. And then it started to shift where I'm like, okay, the Lord gave me all of this healing. He had to transform me first as a man, as a man of God, before I was ever allowed to go out into the world and help other men do the same. Like there was something right. that needed to happen in me first. Um, 
that he, it was like a, I don't know, he was just preparing me for it. And, uh, so right. he, yeah, so he did that. And, um, and once I, I mean, that outline that I wrote down became the program that I now use and, and what I teach and how, what I take guys through of this spiritual growth process of these different areas that we have to go through as men in order to progress and get to that next level, because the Lord needs his warriors on the front lines and the time is short. I truly believe so. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. if I were to cram everything into as short as possible, that's, that's where it started to shift. And well, I mean, I could say this too, that I, I was ready to give up the fitness industry completely. Really? I was like, Lord, I won't even go back to training online in person, whatever. Um, I'm ready to go into full-time ministry. And that's wow. what I was doing. I was, I was fasting. I was praying. I was in worship more than I've ever been in my whole life. Like it was just a, it was a complete shift. And, and I was like, okay, well, what do you want me to do with this? And he's like, no, no, no. I don't want you to leave behind all the stuff that, you know, the passion that I gave you, we're going to use it. We're just mm. going to tweak things a little bit, you know? Right. And that's what he did. So he's just like, my men need to like, they need to understand their health and their bodies and the temple that I've given them. Uh, because if they abuse it, it's not going to last as long as it needs to last. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I yeah. think also the fact that you're working with with men specifically, I have noticed in myself and in other men, compared to compared to women, we have much more of a pride problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and what happens is when we do start taking care of ourselves, that pride tends to creep up very, very quickly. Um, ego tends to to grow too fast. So I'm wondering, how do you incorporate kind of like dealing with that? Just, yeah, dealing with pride or, or vanity. Vanity is a good one. Yeah. That, that, well, that will creep in quite a bit. Uh, and I mean, yeah, being in the bodybuilding world too. I mean, I had someone message me today on Facebook that, that exact thing. They're like, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm kind of scared of, of like, I have all these goals in the gym that I want to accomplish. Is it wrong for me to want these things and to like the way I look in the mirror? Like how many of us have, you know, asked that question too, because, and I, and I have like the same answer all the time is that it's, uh, I don't think the Lord has any problem with us having goals in, in the gym Not at all. and improving what the, the body that he has given us. And in fact, I think that God made us to have certain goals and to be able to work towards those goals. Yes, exactly. It's and especially the way the Lord programmed us as men, we we're programmed to go out and conquer, to go out yeah. and accomplish, to go out and do things. And what I think what what happens is and what I told him, the guy that messaged me is that it's a it's a daily surrender of obedience and humility. Amen. It's daily. It's not just a one and done type of thing where, you know, my ego is set aside. I'm good. I can, you know, go to the gym and not be, you know, be in this vanity mindset of like looking at myself in the mirror and thinking I'm all that or any of those things. It's like, no, if I pray the same prayer of like, Lord, if there's anything in me that starts to creep in like that or that that vanity or any type of pride or that stuff wants to come in based off of what I see of myself or even what I accomplish, you know, even in, in the industry, um, mm -hmm. like slap me upside the head, you know, a spiritual slap upside the head, like something like, Hey, keep me humble. It's a very scary prayer to actually pray. Lord, keep me humble Yeah, because he will, he mm -hmm. really will. Yeah. It's a, you know, he's going to answer that prayer for sure. And, but he's, he's been, he's been gentle about it. He'll be just like, Hey, so, you know, if, if my mind is starting to go in a different direction, he'll just be like, you need to, you know, cool it a little bit. I've positioned you in this place, but don't go too far. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was, I was kind of wondering, you were talking about, about, okay, so your program, you deal with guys a little bit more specifically, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you train men. Um, yeah. Yeah. so I found that at least for, for my own program, normally women are more willing to ask for help, um, compared to men. So have you found that like men struggle asking for help? Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's why is that? When, when I first started to, I think there's many different reasons to it, and I, that's why I'm super excited to have this conversation. Is because we, it's like breaking breaking down what's happening here, especially with men. There's such a difference between males and females when it comes to this. Because I trained mm-hmm. females before in the past, and now it's just specialized. So I've seen I've seen both sides of the coin. But it, if you notice, like um, other, I've talked to other coaches that work with women. They'll have like Facebook groups, and like the women are just non-stop in that group they're just encouraging yeah. each other they're creating friendships out of nowhere you like you don't even have to prompt yeah. it they'll just do it on their own they're sharing results and you know all that stuff and guys there's it's just silence it's yeah. just you know maybe a pick here and there in the gym of like oh i'm getting after it whatever like hope you guys are doing well but and this is you know something i continue to run into and i'm like okay well there's there's got to be a reason here of of why they won't ask for help. And when I get on the phone with these guys, usually just to make sure that they're a good fit for the program prior to it, uh, it's it's always the same type of thing. And they, they say, they're like, you know what? I'm not used to talking about these things. Like they don't mm-hmm. vocalize. We as men don't vocalize what's going on internally enough. It's like and, we don't like being vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's, I think part of that is a lot of the, you know, the, um, I mean, how we were raised, uh, the different age groups, it's, it's somewhat different. Um, but a lot of us in that generation is, especially in like the millennial generation, it's, you know, it's just being tough, suck it up, rub some dirt on it type of thing. Um, which can, you know, mm-hmm. it could be all right here and there it just depends. But when it comes to what's going on in the inside, like if you don't have an inner circle or a group of men that you could just go and talk to about random mm-hmm. things that are going on in your head, you're just going to internalize it. And right. we like focusing you know, on the, on the task in front of us. So often we'll bury things in the back of our mind. We'll put it on the back burner and we'll forget and they'll about bubble it. up. They'll bubble yeah. up, they'll grow and grow and grow, and then they'll explode and we yeah. won't realize it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Then it comes out on the kids or the wife or, you know, when you're, you know, flipping some guy off in traffic, you know, it's, it's whatever, whatever happens, you know, it's, it'll start to make its way to the surface and we don't want, um, you know, we don't want those things, but I think there's a level of, of pride there for sure that needs to be broken down. And, um, I mean, I've, I actually kind of wrote down a few things that, uh, you know, we're, we, well, I guess we'll get to it in a second, but more of like why so many men end up hitting this wall. And I'm sure you can yeah. kind of transition. I was, I was just going to say, cause like if I compare between, between the women in my program and between the men, it seems like men are more likely to hit this wall that you're talking about. It's like a sticking point. Um, mm-hmm. that they just can't seem to overcome. Maybe it's like a month into the program or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like part, they just give up the radio silence. You don't hear from them again. You're like, what happened? How come you're not texting me? You're not answering my calls. Nothing's happening. You're not doing your workouts. Like what's going on? So mm-hmm. have you, have you noticed a lot of that too? Oh dude, it's been, yeah, that's one of the first things that I, cause I launched my program last year in it was October. I don't even remember the month. It was so, I was doing so much. Um, but when I, when I launched it, 
I started to run into these issues and I knew it's to be expected. It's a new program. I'm going to tweak things as I go and stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to see how the guys like it. And um, it's just the case study, you know, at, at that time. Of course. And it, that was the, that was the first thing that I started to notice. And I'm like, okay, I already know. I was expecting that the men weren't going to be as like I have to like nudge them along a little bit. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if we get on a group call, like y'all going to interact here. Like you're going to get the most out of this if you're you know meeting my energy. So, but it was the first thing when I started to experience this, and some of these guys are dropping off, and I'm like, okay, you did, you paid in full for the program. But yet you only showed up for the first three weeks, maybe four weeks, and then there's silence. You know, what? Like, I, I personally don't understand that because, you know, there is a, an opportunity from, you know, paying to play. Like, if you if you put your money where your mouth is, you're probably going to follow it. I mean, that's how my mind works. If I drop that's a, me something. too, right? If I'm going to invest whatever it is, thousand, two thousand, ten thousand dollars, whatever it is, I, I'm going to do that work because I just yeah. put that money in there. Yeah. And that's where, that's where the Lord started to give me a little bit more clarity on this, that it wasn't just, you know, necessarily that, you know, the money that was, I mean, that's a piece of it that, that helps guys stay committed to what they're doing when you put your money where your mouth is. But, uh, it, it, there's a lot of different factors that could be slightly deeper of why they end up hitting, uh, you know, this wall in there and what is causing this to happen. And the first, I just started to write stuff out as I was praying about it because I wanted to, uh, I was like, Lord, what, you know, what is this? And the first reflection was on myself of, am I doing enough as the coach? Mm -hmm. Am I leading them the way I should be leading them? Am I bringing that energy? Am I, am I, you know, reaching out to these guys. And it's like every single week I'll reach out to them, even if they don't check in with me, you know, it's like, I'm doing everything I need to do. Like, Hey, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here to help. Like, let's get you back on track. You know, all those things. So I was like, okay, well, um, I feel like I'm doing enough like right now for this, or I'm doing above what I, what I feel like I should, you know, I should be for the program. I want to over deliver for these guys and really want to help them. It does no good for any guy to get into a program and like, it doesn't help him. And it doesn't help me if he doesn't, you know, follow through either. Like it's, it's, I was like, I want you to succeed at this. Like, of course. that's the most important thing. And Otherwise it's a lose, lose. Yes, exactly. Um, but the first, the first thing that the Lord revealed to me, and this is through conversations with some of my guys is they want, I can explain it on the first half of my program. So the first phase of my program, we dive into identity and who they are in Christ. The second phase is combating sin and strongholds. Sin and it was strong. right and that's at, where it, was it right gets there. hard. And, and this is where the Lord made it super clear. And I, you know, a lot of these guys were, you know, texting me or we got on a call and stuff. They're like, man, I'm experiencing spiritual warfare. I'm experiencing this, this attack. And this is just part of it. There's many things that we'll talk about, but this is something that started to just rear its head. Like, wow. Um, you know, as soon as we start to confront sin, the enemy gets antsy. He gets upset. And, uh, and he starts to fight back a little bit and it could be other stuff going on in your life. I mean, I've, you know, some of these guys, that's things with their kids at school, um, marriage issues, uh, you know, work stuff, like maybe a, a bunch of um, jobs that they had just kind of fell off and now money is really, really tight. Like I've seen, there's so many different things that have happened. Right. And of course. It's so crazy because it's multiple guys at the same time. Like it's well, not just like one here or there. It's just like, boom, you know, they all hit this, this level. Like it and, can't be a coincidence. Yeah. And it's happened multiple times now when I've relaunched the program and got new guys in at the same time. 
And I was like, okay, there, there's something to this here that we have to be very aware of, um, of the double schemes. You know, I, I like using the analogy because, I mean, I played football in high school that some people say like, oh, you shouldn't be focusing on the devil and everything he's doing, which I agree that, you, you know, you shouldn't be. But when I was in football in high school, I was a linebacker. And before practice uh, every day, we watched film on the opposing team for about a half hour or so. You know, mm -hmm. we, we would sit down in one of the rooms, watch film, and then we would go out and practice after that for about two hours. So we're spending a quarter of the time studying the enemy. Right. Studying who we're going up against to see the tactics and the plays they're running and all that. We, it's like we need to know those things. It's important. That's then, why C.S. Lewis wrote a book all about this. You yeah, know, like yeah. he, he had the same thing to say. Like you got to you can't keep blind to what the enemy is doing. Yes, exactly. So that's, you know, I'm like, okay, well, and I actually have that in part of the program. Um, it's more into like the third phase of where we're studying different tactics and all that of, of, of spiritual warfare and how to fight back and, and all of that as well. But um, yeah, man, it was during that, that second phase of, you know, when, when we're trying to you know heal from sin and we're inviting the Lord in and we're renouncing stuff and we're, you know, getting rid of things in our life that are not um, of the Lord and that he doesn't want in our life anymore. Uh, it's just, it changes, you know, it changes everything. And we have to expect that those attacks will come, but we still keep our focus on the Lord. We still press mm -hmm. forward. It's like, I'm not trying to stay focused on, on my, like on getting rid of my sin. I'm focused on becoming like Jesus. If that makes sense. Right. Like there's, that does make sense. There, there's sometimes there's so much of a sin focus that we miss like being well, in right standing with the father. Right. Because I think that when we're so focused on the sin, it almost like we think it's our responsibility to stop and all the work comes onto ourself. All the load comes onto yes. ourself and we forget that Jesus is with us in this journey to help us and to take away that load and to help. It's not like we're working for our salvation. We're working from a place of salvation and he's mm -hmm. giving us that all we need to help us overcome these things. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, amen, man. I couldn't have said it any better. Absolutely. There's, oh, man, there's so much that we can go into, you know, with all of that. Uh, it's, you know, the, the Lord is always going to, he's going to continue to push us forward, no matter like there could be some resistance and all of that there. But if we just remain in tune with his voice and like, I mean, like I was in the season of life that I was in where I just had surrendered so much that I'm like, Lord, I just want your will to be done mm -hmm. in this situation. Like if, as long as we remain in that, in that humble place, which is kind of part of um, what, I mean, I guess I can go into that one next. Another one that I, you know, listed of where this wall can come from. We touched on it a little bit already, but pride, just pride yep. in, in general. Uh, there's, you know, I, I've, I've had some guys that, you know, they'll come through and they'll, you know, maybe they think they're like, oh, I can do this on my own. Um, I don't need as much help or like I can get away with doing like less. I don't have to do all that stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have to be on the calls. I don't have to, you know, and it's like, you know, we're, we're all, I feel like guilty of that at some point or another. We feel like we can kind of, you know, skip steps or think that we've, we've done it before. And I'm like, the truth is if you've done it before and been like successful, you would be doing it. <laughs> right. You would continue. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah, a reason so, you stopped. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I feel like a lot of these, when we hit that wall sometimes, and it's hard to say, but maybe we haven't reached the end of ourselves yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe we haven't allowed the Lord to shine a light on those dark corners of our soul that have been sitting in pitch black for years. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's he wants to come in and clean house. Every room, every nook and cranny, every corner. And if there's something hiding in one of those dark corners, we got to get that thing out of there. And that's, you know, and the enemy loves to but, hide. Loves you to know, pop up when it's like the, the worst time ever and then go, boom, go right back into hiding again. Right. So, but that, that pride piece, uh, we just have to, we have to come to the end of ourselves. And this is something that, that I think every man can start to do. I actually did this this morning, uh, just as the Lord prompted me to, is it's some, there's something that happens when we do a physical activity for a spiritual purpose mm-hmm. or, or our, our walk with the Lord, because it ties it together. You know, kind of like fasting. Love, yeah. Yeah. Me and we as men just love doing things and, and acting on things or creating habits. And I can think of nothing better to create humility and obedience and all of these amazing things that we need to have and completely destroy pride. than getting on your knees. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that we are. Yeah. You already know the Holy spirit's here. He's already, he's already talking. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Get... How humbling is it to literally kneel down? Mm-hmm. It's like everything you are, everything you think you are, everything you have is taken away and mm-hmm. you have no glory of yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, it automatically strips everything that you think of you, any type of selfishness. Uh, it's hard. It, it's hard to be selfish and to be kneeling before the Father at the same time. I mean, it's, it's so it's like I got out of bed. And, you know, I, I kneeled down. It was the first thing I did, and 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 that's when you know there's just nothing but thankfulness. As soon as you kneel down, it's just like thank you, Lord, because that the humility washes over you. All pride has to leave, and then there's nothing but gratitude and thankfulness for the Lord's grace and how good He is. You know, mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, it's like, I could challenge every single man, like listening to this. That's if, if you just do that one thing, it will be a game changer uh, for any type of sticking point that you face in the future. It could be in, you know, in getting started on a fitness program. It could be just committing to something, you know, to something else. Maybe it, uh, it could be something, you know, with your, your wife or spouse, like, you know, doing something together. Like it doesn't matter what it is, to be honest, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, it's just creating that, that type of habit, which is super, right. super important. And so. that, that actually got me thinking like, okay, if we're, if we're looking at it from a sticking point, point of view, uh, where you're lo- like, what is a sticking point? Essentially, if you're doing an exercise and you hit that point where you can't complete the rep, right? You can't mm-hmm. finish. And so what happens is you can push with all your might, but you end up just failing, mm-hmm. right? That's what will happen. How do you overcome that is kind of what we're talking about here. And if we look at it in terms of our physical ability, one way to do that is to find a spotter or in other words, mm-hmm. to ask for help. And sometimes that's a humble thing to do, asking for help mm-hmm. and, and, and finding someone to help you in case you fail to pick you back up again, right? That's an important part of that journey. But often we also forget that Jesus can be that person as well, especially in this part of the journey, because he mm-hmm. says, take my yoke upon you. My my yoke is easy and light where ours is heavy, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we have a lot to give. When you give that to him, he'll help. Oh, yeah. I mean, man, you said it perfectly. Like I it's it's and it plays so much into the gym. It's it's a perfect analogy for that whole thing is that we have to ask for help. If we want to grow and get stronger, you have to get past that point of comfort. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you hit a sticking point, your body is like, dude, I'm done. And so you just need that little bit of a boost going forward. And that's often what we need is is asking for help and, and having that, you know, having that spotter there. Uh, just, you know, a perfect analogy. And I mean, I guess while we're kind of like talking on the, on the physical stuff, something else that we, 
we as men may not think about. And I was, I feel like it's been a theme in my life the last, I'd say, year or so, because I've been really trying to improve in my overall health. Mm -hmm. And I think another sticking point that we as men hit, I would say decades ago, this maybe wouldn't be a thing. But now the problem is testosterone. Oh, my gosh. And, and this is and yep. I so I mean, I put together a free ebook called Unmasking Manhood that goes through multiple ways that, you know, understanding how the enemy has been, been attacking manhood. And a lot of that is testosterone and what's what we're exposed to on a regular basis. You know, endocrine dis- disruptors, uh, you know, plastics, mm-hmm. not getting enough sun or vitamin D. Like there, there's a, a laundry list of things. Um, and j- even just the, you know, the foods that we're eating, the stuff that's in our water. Oh, my God. Especially in, in North America, the food that we eat sucks. No offense yes. to everyone creating it, but wow, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The, the amount of chemicals that we're exposed to in, in literally everything. And I couldn't believe it. The more that my wife and I sat down and we were started to go through the stuff that we use on a regular basis. Oh, my gosh. Like, no wonder. <laughs> And I had it's like you a, you want to be ignorant at some point because mm-hmm. it, it just hurts to look. You know, we went to to Costco, my wife and I, and we got this this Greek yogurt, healthy choice, like uh, ice cream, Greek yogurt, whatever. Uh, what's it called? Frozen yogurt. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, ninety calories per bar. That's amazing. And and we bring it home and we start looking at the ingredients. And there's like over 40 ingredients in that thing, uh-huh. things that cause cancer, things that cause like everything you could possibly think. And we're like, how, how is this okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is it's, this a healthy choice? Yeah, exactly. Because we're so consumed with the thought of calories and not about the, you know, like the whole ingredients and, you know, the vitamins and minerals and what they're going to be doing in our system. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that shift needs to take place in our culture. A hundred percent of like, you so know, how does at, this affect testosterone as well? As well, I'm wondering. Yeah. So this is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's going, I mean, all those things that I listed are going to negatively affect t- testosterone, but I can share mm-hmm. this from my own story because I was going through a place and I hope this will resonate with a lot of men because I've seen it in the own guys that I work with and I've experienced it myself that I got to this place where I was exhausted all the time. I was tired mm-hmm. all the time and where, you know, I know that in, in years past, I could sit in front of my computer and work all day long. Like when, when the Lord motivates me for something, I'll get stuff done. Like for sure. I'll write up, you know, an ebook. I'll do, you know, podcasts like this multiple a day, you know, or it, put out content on social media, like no problem. It's like, bam, 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 one thing after the next. And I got to the point, I was like, man, I'm not, you know, producing like I used to, like, why do I feel exhausted? I'm like, I had my first meal. I don't even have carbs in it. Like carbs make me tired sometimes. And I was like, there's no excuse for why I should feel this way. I got eight hours of sleep, you know, felt great. (laughs) And now it's just like, I'm, I'm hitting a wall in my day. And I was like, and my wife's like, baby, you should probably get your, you know, your testosterone levels checked. And I'm, and I kept making this excuse. I was like, well, I mean, I'm going to the gym five days a week. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I never get sick really ever. And, and I, and I'm holding muscle mass. This was the part that stumped me completely. I'm like, mm-hmm. if my testosterone was that bad, you know, we start to make excuses. If it was that bad, like I wouldn't be able to hold the muscle mass that I have. And yeah, that's not necessarily true. And I, I, I mean, there could be you know, factors of like growth hormone in there or IGF one with the way that you work out, which I realized that's what was sustaining my muscle <laughs> and it wasn't really mm-hmm. my testosterone the whole time. Uh, so I got, I did like a home test and I freaked out because I thought it, it was so off that I was just like, Oh, I just need to go and get it done in, you know, a facility. Somewhere where, yeah. yeah but there's I, like, no I way the, the home test could be right. 
Yeah. And that's see, and I did everything they were supposed to do. I've never done that before. You, you like prick your finger and they get your blood or whatever. And I get the results and it came back at 108 total mm-hmm. testosterone level, which is the low, like it, that is low, low. That's not even, you know, it's like, I want to be at, you know, a thousand, like that's the goal is for even just anyone natural. You want to be, it doesn't even matter if you're older, you can still hit the thousand, the, the thousand mark, or even, you know, the 800 to a thousand is a really good. So rate. how did this happen? It was, I believe it was years and years of being exposed to plastics uh, and chemicals because I came when I, when I lived in Arizona, I actually drank tap water quite a bit. I was raised on it. You know, it wasn't a big deal. I didn't care about buying water when you get water out of the tap and mm-hmm. Arizona's water was somewhat cleaner. And when I came to, to Georgia, when I moved to Georgia, I mean, completely different, you know, water. I remember pouring it in my, my shaker cup one day and it was like yellowish. <laughs> I was like, what disgusting. is going on here? And I'm like, I poured it out and, and, you know, and my wife is just like, you know, you shouldn't be, you probably shouldn't be drinking that anymore. And, but it's like, I've been doing that for years. And I believe the water's progressively got worse over the years. And so mm-hmm. I think it was, it was, a, it was a culmination of things um, that, that affected me. But so what I just started to do is, you know, since there's like 10 different things that I could change, just start with one or two and as you go. And one of them was just taking vitamin D uh, seriously because mm-hmm. in Arizona, I was out in the sun quite a bit as well. But I don't think any of us are in the sun near enough to get the vitamin D that we You should. know, over here in, in Canada, apparently it's like 95% of us or something are actually vitamin D deficient, mm-hmm. like a lot. It is a yeah. big amount of vitamin D deficiency because in the winter, we don't get anything. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, what are you going to do? You got to supplement with it somehow. And so I, but I tested- like the more sun you expose yourself to the better your sleep as well. You create more melatonin, like everything that is, is just better. Yeah, exactly. That's, that was one of the things we started to add, you know, I live 10 minutes from the beach. So on typically on Monday mornings, we get up and watch the sunrise on the beach and, you know, get the sun in our face and get exposed to that. I mean, it sets the circadian rhythm, uh, just, yeah. you know, just for energy throughout the day, so many benefits, like we can go on all day about all those benefits, but I mean, long story short, I just started to tackle things one at a time. And that vitamin D one was the big one. And it's, you know, magnesium helps with the absorption of vitamin D. So it's like those two, most people are deficient in magnesium as well. Um, so I, I tag team both of those together and I gave it like a month and I retested again and it went up to like 325. That's pretty just good from, job. Just from that alone. So I was like, okay, I already yeah. know that I'm not getting enough vitamin D, vitamin D. So this has to be something. It's going to improve a little bit. Uh, so it's just been a culmination of now fixing a lot of different things. And I feel, I mean, a lot better now. Uh, my, my energy is better. And I mean, another sign was that I was not recovering from workouts. We know oh, that's like, what, we, what we typically do, what we can do in the gym. And you're like, why am I like beyond sore this time? Like, did I do anything extra? Like maybe just a little, but, and that was, like, the, it's that been was like four thing. days. Why is it? Why am I not yet like, normal? Why like, am I getting out of bed at like, like an 80 year old man? <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So there's yeah a lot of those, but I mean, testosterone is such a big one. I mean, circling this back to how we, you know, to what we were talking about. I started to recognize this thing as far as testosterone goes as, you know, a chicken or the egg scenario, which came first. And mm-hmm. to put that in context, I mean, when I give a program to, you know, to a new guy that's, that joins, you know, my coaching program, 
if I give him, you know, his you know meal plan to follow, supplement plan, uh, you know, workout plan, everything's written from A to Z. All you got to do is follow it. You know, it's like some guys will take that and run with it, and and you know they'll be good. But then others will end up, you know, hit hitting this some sort of like sticking point of the most. I mean, the most important thing that I can mention as far as testosterone goes for us as men is drive and mm-hmm. ambition. And it's not, not we're not going into like the selfish ambition and stuff that we're supposed to, you know, not partake in if, if from what the Bible instructs us to do. But if we have a lower level of testosterone, we are less likely to take action on anything. Yep, that's true. So I start to recognize it in, in these guys. I'm like, okay, so which in order to help them, which one do I do first? Like if I can give you this this programming, but if you don't have the drive to even do it, we got a problem. So we let's let's address the testosterone, you know, situation first. Do a couple mm-hmm. tweaks here and there, like get your, you know, we can add some minerals in there, get some of the nutrition right, and maybe get a couple workouts in a week. And it's a, it's a progress, a slow buildup. And after maybe that first month or so, um, now things start to go forward. They're like, okay, I'm starting to feel better. I got energy back. I'm putting good things into my body. My testosterone's obviously improving. Uh, and then they feel committed and ready to take on a workout pro- program because I think we as men don't really understand how having those lower hormone levels, specifically testosterone, affects everything we do in just the way we think and process mm-hmm. things. Yeah, and definitely. I think I've I've definitely uh, like underestimated how important this is. Um but that also I think that ties into to what I was just going to say because when I was thinking about like the sticking point again and looking at it from the physical physical example like one is to get a spotter but two is to literally just lighten the load. Um you know, we we not, this doesn't even just apply to men. This just applies to everybody. Sometimes we give ourselves too much more than we can handle, mm-hmm. like a lot more than we oh, as one person can physically, mentally, spiritually handle. And we don't want to submit any of it. And so sometimes just lightening the load, whether that's like taking taking time to focus on testosterone, whether that's, you know, breaking it down from six workouts a week to three workouts a week or from one hour to 40 minutes, whatever it is, lighten the load, make it easier. And once you make it easier, you'll adapt, you'll get stronger, and then you can go heavier again. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. I, I think I want to I want to take away the fear of lightening the load because if that's what's going to keep you consistent and keep you moving, then do it. It's better to lighten the load and keep moving than to hit a sticking point and not continue. Oh yeah, and it's not, and that's the thing. It's not always about lifting the most weight, right? As we know. Yep. So it uh, there's. I mean, I had a buddy of mine that I worked with. He was a power lifter. Could bench press like 600 pounds raw. Like wow. he was just insanely strong. <laughs> But he wanted to break through this plateau that he was kind of in of like, you know, not getting stronger, but all of his workouts were powerlifting based, like it's bench mm-hmm. pressing all the time or very, very similar movements. And I was like, well, you know, it's like, it's very, it's a very tricep dominant, um, you know, lift as well. Like just the way the power lifts. I mean, you're driving through your arms and your elbows and, you know, so I, I took him through a couple of these, these workouts of, um, of triggering and getting his, getting his pretty much his entire chest and his, and his triceps to fire correctly. Mm -hmm. So it's getting them to contract really, really well. 
Uh, and he's like, oh my gosh, I haven't felt like, you know, my chest like this in, you know, in forever. It's getting a lot of blood in there. Um, and it's not, it's not fatiguing it to the point of where it doesn't have any more strength. Uh, but it's just getting enough blood in there and turning on those muscle fibers that may be dormant. He's so used to the same movement over and over and over and over again. Um, that like there, there could be some of those fibers in there that aren't, you know, turning on, uh, based off right. of the, you know, maybe the volume that he's doing or the, the, con the contractions that he's having. So, uh, we changed a couple of things up for him. And I think he increased by like 35 pounds. If I remember correctly, wow. increased his bench by 35 pounds in the next meet that he did. And I was like, wow. man, that's so cool. So it's, it's getting past that sticking point of like, it's not always about the weight or going back to what, you know, it's mm -hmm. about maybe, maybe there's a different direction. Maybe it's like in a spiritual sense, maybe the Lord wants to take, yep. you, take you in a different direction because he knows that once you, you know, do this thing over here, it's going to propel you forward even faster than what, you know, than what you thought was going to happen if you continue mm -hmm. going down the road you were going on. So right. you don't need to necessarily take the exact same road. If you've done it before in the past, it's not always the same road that you take to get mm -hmm. to the destination. Yeah. Often God puts us through a different journey to bring us even to a different place. Um, mm -hmm. and sometimes not even just lightening the load, but changing, changing the system altogether. Um, instead of going from traditional, uh, four by 12 or three by 12, maybe he puts you something else, right? It's, it's yeah. the same thing. Maybe it is a different program. Maybe it is a different system, but maybe it's just taking what you already have, what we're putting you through. And adjusting it so that you can remain consistent. Maybe it's just lightening the load. Maybe it's finding a spot or maybe it's praying, asking for help. Maybe it is your testosterone, whatever yeah. it is. There's a ton of a things that you can't yeah. do. Yeah, it's, I think it's all about, I, I, I mean, when I was praying about what that was, that wall that I was running into as a coach and these guys were running into, I'm like, Lord, is it one thing? And I'm like, there's not, it can't just be one thing. There's probably, you know, there's, there, it's multifaceted and, Another thing that uh, it could kind of play into the to the pride point, um, but something that is as far as our, our walk with the Lord, it's you know we'll, we'll hit sticking points in the gym and how we feel and all that as well. But um, mm -hmm. I've, I've talked to a lot of these men that you know say they're they're just stuck in in their walk with the Lord. It's like they want to read their Bible every day, they want to pray, they want to become a better man. They just don't. Maybe they don't really know how to start, or they'll start to make up a bunch of different excuses of why they're not at that place yet. Maybe they got busy or distracted, and sometimes they'll own up to it. And that it is what it is. Um, but it kind of starts there. But I feel like if we sometimes we end up getting stuck in a spiritual place because we don't have the fear of the Lord. Mm. We don't have the reverence of Almighty God. Right. And this, this is something that the Lord is really starting to do, like in me personally, is to help me recognize uh, more of this. Is because just to just to think about like Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth and everything that we've <laughs> we've ever seen and everyone that we know, like He is there with us at, at all times and He's giving us grace. He sent Jesus, you know, to die for us. There's you know when we start to play these things over in our mind, these truths from God's Word, it's like how like the fact that I can call on the Lord who created everything. And he hears me as his son, who he loves, is mind-blowing. That is completely mind-blowing. And stuff like that will bring a fear of the Lord. And when I say fear, it's reverence. It's reverence it for God. Which we're missing today. Yes. Uh, if you go to most I, – I don't, I don't want to sound like – 
rude or anything, but what I've what I've personally noticed is in many churches we don't have that reverence for God anymore. Like mm-hmm. we'll we'll have our feet up, we'll be on our phones during the prayer. We'll, we'll like it. We don't care, and I, I think it's because we don't realize how holy and enormous and and I don't even know the words to describe how God is. We don't realize it because um, yeah. we're so stuck in our own little bubble. Yeah, man, exactly. There was, it makes me think of a, a time when, cause my, my wife was raised Catholic and she started, you know, of course, stepped away from, from that faith. But, uh, you know, we went to, you know, we went with her, with her dad, my father-in-law to like a mass service, I think during Christmas time or something mm-hmm. like that. We just, you know, went with him and, and it's like, I completely, you know, disagree with a lot of stuff of the Catholic faith and a lot of their tradition and all that. But there, it's not to say that there aren't, there, there's so much reverence for God in those services in these, in these mm-hmm. people that are there that truly love the Lord and something that we, it's like, we already talked about and something that they did in mass. I hadn't been to a mass in years and I, like, I got an, it was like part of a wedding at some point when I was a kid. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't even remember what they do there. I just know they stand a lot and they say stuff a lot. Right. And but they, they had a part where they like physically kneeled down. Everybody yeah. like you pull out that little cushion thing and you like kneel on it. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And everybody's kneeling. And it's like the, the power of physically kneeling and, and praying in our focus is just on the Lord and nothing else. I'm like, there is a reverence for God in this place. I, I was looking around. I was like, we are missing it in the, in the yeah. modern day Christian churches. There are so many that are missing it. Like I'm thankful right. for the church I, I go to I, now because they, they don't miss it. But man, I, I just, it was just like kind of a kick in the gut of like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? Amen. Like I saw a video today and it was saying how today most modern day Christians fear the devil more than they fear God. Yes. And that is like, you, when you think about it, they're not equal competitors <laughs> in yeah. any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. One created the other yeah. one is inferior to the other in mm-hmm. every way possible. Like it's, I don't know. I think it's a, it's one of his, his plans, the devil's plans to make it seem like he's the equal competitor, but he's not. In oh, any he's, way. Done if anything, job. he's done a great job of making it seem that it's God versus the devil. And I'm like, do you really know biblically who his opposition is? Isn't it like angel, Archangel it's, Michael? It's Michael. Yeah. 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 Completely. A hundred percent. Like Michael's going to be the one that I'm pretty sure from what revelation, he's the one that bounds up Satan. I believe it. He's the one that does, yep. uh, but it's his fight. <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're both archangels. Like, you know, God's just, you know, Jesus defeats the antichrist with the breath of breath of his mouth. Like just yeah. breathing, just whoosh, done. Well, it's the same, same God who created the world with a word, <laughs> yeah. with one word, with like not word. even one, like a couple words, but like, wow, the power in that speaking something into existence and yeah. we don't have reverence towards him. And that yeah, comes back to that pride issue. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that, I mean, that quote that you said too, I, I think I saw that on something maybe last week on social media and it's, man, it's just so true that it's in, we have, you know, sometimes we have to take that, take that focus off of the enemy. It's like, yes, he'll come. We need to pay attention to his schemes and his tactics and be, be on alert, but you know, it's, it's keeping that fear of the Lord. And like, if we're, we're kneeling before him every single day, we're approaching his throne room of, of grace and we're surrendering and being obedient uh, to what he's saying. I mean, man, that's everything in life will change. I feel like there's, there's a level of passivity that we see in men that would just not be a thing if they just got on their face before Jesus every day. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard to be passive when you're kneeling before the King. Like that's true. 
that's just the way I see it. It's just, it seems so obvious to me because I, I know there's so many men that are like, I feel stuck. I feel idle. I'm, I'm tired of being passive in my life of just going through the motions. Just, you know, I, I go to work and I maybe live for the weekends and maybe get to hang out with my buddies one night a week if I'm lucky. Or, you know, just, you know, you, you just kind of live for these random things. Or, you know, that why do we think that so many men go insane during football season? Like, it's just, it's absolutely nuts is because that's the best part of the year. I mean, I agree. I love football. I'm a huge football fan. But, you know, when you go to these games, it's their time. It's their time to finally, like, you know, have this. But there's no reason why we need to be living for a day of the week because of that. When we have the joy and peace of the Lord, where we should have it mm -hmm. every single day, no matter what. You know? Amen. So, and I think what you just said, like, looking at it, you can't be passive when you're kneeling before the king because when you know who the king is and all that he he can do in his power and, and you fear him you can't be passive but then when you also know who he says you are and how he sees you and your identity in him how that changes absolutely everything and i think that's that's such an important part of your program Dude, that's, it's so funny. This is how I know the Lord is directing this conversation is because that was the last one I had listed of where that, that sticking point comes from. And like, you were already on it, man. You were, you transitioned <laughs> into that perfectly. And it's, that sticking point is a lack of clarity on who we are and our, and our identity in Christ. A hundred percent. Like when I, when I realized that I am co-heirs with Christ, that I have royal blood in my veins, like everything changes. You look at life differently. You act differently. You speak differently. You walk differently. You know, it's like, it's like knowing you're, you know, you're, you're a prince, let's say living in a kingdom, but you're not living in the palace whatsoever. You choose to live like as a peasant, like eating terrible food or whatever. You're just, it's, but somehow deep in there, you know that you were made for more, but it's like you're standing outside of the walls of the kingdom entrance and you're like, oh, I don't know if, you know, if I can go in or not, whatever. And then we start to question who we are and our identity and the devil loves getting us to question who we are. So he keeps us outside of those walls of, that, of the kingdom where we're, where we could be, you know, we're banished, we're living in poverty, you know, we're not able to have any type of financial success. I know the devil loves to attack finances for a lot of us. Uh, and so it's like he keeps us out there because we start to believe these false identities in these lies the doubt yeah and, the, and you begin to doubt yourself you begin to doubt god you begin to doubt everything and then what does james say about doubt he says the one who doubts is like someone on a sea where the waves are tossing you to and fro and everything that happens and you're just being tossed all over the place you're not stable you have yeah. no firm foundation mm -hmm. exactly exactly and it's like I mean, once we, it's like the light bulb moment will go off and you realize that like who you were created to be and that you are co-heirs with Christ and the Lord has a, a purpose and a mission for you. And more importantly, that he loves you, that he sent Jesus like to die for you. It's like, I, sometimes we get so caught up in, in mission driven work because I, I mean, I love being on mission. It's, it's exciting. You know, we're, we're accomplishing things and doing yep. things, but at the end of the day, this is what someone told me at that, um, that retreat that I went to, he's like, I bet if the Lord told you to conquer a mountain, you would conquer that one and then the one behind it. And I was like, yeah, like, that's exactly it. Like, that's how he made me. You know, it's like, I'm going to go above and beyond and do all those things. And he's like, but I want you to listen to what I'm saying. God doesn't need you to conquer anything. He's already done it. Like all we have to do is something that needs to be accomplished. 
he wants that one-on-one daily walk with him no matter what. And the byproduct mm-hmm. of that will be living out his perfect will. Like this, I mean, flat out. It's it's really does not get more simple than that. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, going into, uh, I mean, this identity stuff, I believe understanding identity in Christ actually brings discipline. It's, it goes along the same lines of what we've been saying. If we, know, if we truly know who we are, and it, it happens from mm-hmm. getting on our face in front of Jesus every single day and, and being humble and, and all those things. But just when you know that you're a son, you're going to act like a son. And that comes with discipline. Like, I believe there's discipline is a part of us that biblically it, it's there. It just needs to be brought out. It, it 100% needs to be brought out. I believe the Lord gave all of us as men that to be disciplined, to work hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like in the flesh suit that we're in, we have a lot of stuff against us. But I believe it, those two tie, tie themselves together of understanding who we are in Christ and our true identity in him and being disciplined. It's like, so if you don't have discipline in your life right now, then I would I would go towards and start to ask the question of like, do I truly know who I am? And in my program, we dive into the three specifics. Identity has many different facets, but the top three that I'll pull out from scripture is that we are sons, we are warriors in Christ's army, and we are fathers. And that could mean mm-hmm. a spiritual father. That could mean an actual physical father. It's, you know, a, a bunch of different facets to that as well. Mm-hmm. But the, like the three main parts of our, our identity throughout the course of our life, when we embrace those, you know, I kind of see them as different levers that we, that, that we could pull at different times that like, you know, maybe I, I, there's a certain situation I'm going through in my life where I really need to understand who I am, who Christ made me to be. I'm like, I really need to focus on the sonship part and like, let that get, you know, deep down in there. And this is another thing that the Lord just brought to my mind. If you understand that you're a son, it's going to be really hard to get offended. Just think about it. Like if social media, I mean, I get people saying all types of stuff on TikTok, like people hate it all day long. Dude, me too. Me too. And I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of backlash. Like, why do you, why Christians, yeah, no. like anyone who's trying to yeah, do Christians is grimy, stuff like that. While, I've got a lot of backlash with yeah, it too. You, you kind of, you know, get used to it here and there, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's something that happens when the Lord wants to come in and change, you know, all of those things <laughs> in the way that we view offense and any type of unforgiveness, but offense is such a big one. Like when we take offense mm-hmm. to something, it's, it, it limits what the Lord wants to do. It's like, you're setting up your own wall in front of God's will. And he's just like, I don't need you to get offended because if you, if I stayed in a place of offense against somebody, let's say it was in person, knowing that I'm a son and my identity in him, yeah, I will automatically know that the person, let's say it's another man that I'm talking to. He is a son as well. The Lord loves him. The Lord died for me just like he died for him. Mm-hmm. And if I hold offense in my heart towards this man because of how he spoke to me or he disrespected mm-hmm. me, that's a huge one. Guys don't like to be disrespected. Like, yeah, it's a, it's huge. If I hold that against him because oh, he doesn't yeah, deserve it and I, I just I take in that offense, it limits the opportunity for me to speak into this man's life and share a word of knowledge with him. It'll, it limits what the Holy Spirit is able to do in that moment. And maybe he has to bring someone else to do it instead. He's like, I placed you there, Amen. you know, to talk to that man, to tell him about my love for him, to, to speak identity over him. 
And he was just hurting because of something that happened earlier today. He was just hurting because his wife is about to leave him. He didn't speak to you because it was you, but you chose to get offended. You chose to let that sink into you and take it personally. And you just missed this opportunity to share love with a fellow brother because Jesus loves him. Like that hits so, man, it hits so, so hard that if we just that's convicting to me too. of dying to ourselves, that it's no longer us who are living, but Christ in us and through us that it's like, I don't have to live for me another day of my life. When I go out into the world, I don't have to be offended at what people say or do because you can say whatever mm-hmm. you want. I know who I am. I know that I'm a son, you know, and I mean, I say all these things not to say that like I'm perfect whatsoever. I have a long way to go when it comes to this. But when when I hear stories of guys like uh, Dan Moeller, if you've heard of him speak, he's an amazing pastor. Look up some of his stuff. It's so convicting. Every single time I listen to a sermon from him, no. so convicting. But he he lives this life. He lives this completely surrendered life where he's not offended at anything. And the stories this man has is just completely unreal of what, when the love of the father takes over people that he's talking to just truly incredible stuff. So like when I see things like that, I just get so inspired that I'm like, I want that. I want that every single day. I'm like, Lord, please correct me. If I start to get offended at small things, big things, whatever it is, because I don't want to miss an opportunity to share your love, you know, with somebody else. Mm -hmm. It also reminds me of Jesus because like how often was Jesus offended at people saying garbage things to him? Not often. You don't see him often getting angry, uh, especially like unrighteous anger because someone damaged his pride. It's very, very. I don't think it's ever happened. Like you'll see him getting angry, but you don't see him getting angry because someone insulted him. You don't see Mm. him getting angry because someone called him like a mean name or something like that on the internet. Um, And that's, that's who we should be mimicking at the end of the day. Um, It comes back to kind of what you were coming, what we were talking about. But if we, if we look at this with the sticking point and, I like to I like to relate this to running the race set before us as Hebrews talks about it. And if we're running the race set before us and we were talking about like who do we have our eyes on? It's not on the devil, it's on Christ. You know what the devil is doing, you know his schemes, but you have your eyes set and fixed on Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith who endured it all. Uh, for the joy set before him and that joy is us to welcome us into his kingdom as sons and daughters of the king when we really when we really get that down i mean i i'm i'm a kind of guy that really enjoys taking things that can seem complex and making making them just really really simple um i I think and yeah i like doing that too because i think if i i always say if uh yeah, if you can't yeah, exactly. simplify something and, I mean, then I you don't a lot really understand that, that way too i mean that's how i i based all my tiktok stuff i started to take complex things from the bible and make them very simple for people to understand and the following just exploded because people love they're like oh my gosh this is so mm-hmm. i never understood it that way i'm like you know it's that's how my brain works so that's the way the lord made me but um yeah man i mean there's i think those are when we go back to, you know, the, the main topic that we're talking about of just like this sticking point that men are facing, like, I, I want to be encouraging to anyone listening to this, that there, there may be multiple reasons for this, but I truly believe it will start uh, in your humility of just kneeling before the father mm-hmm. every single day, because when we surrender to, to what, to him, 
and what he wants. And we we're like, when I, I was in that place in my life, that really dark place. And, but I got to the end of myself and I was like, Lord, I just want what you want. That's it. It doesn't matter what that is. So when you get to that place, he will reveal those next steps, right? Sometimes he'll, he'll illuminate just the next step right in front of you. Like, I'm not going to show you every, mm -hmm. anything out in front of this. We're, I'm just going to illuminate the next step and we're going to go from there and go from there. And it, I've, I've seen that it's, it varies between all of us and our experience with that. For me, it was slightly different because I believe the <laughs> Lord, he showed me the mountain that was in front of me. And because he knew the way he made me, it excites me. It excites me that I'm like, he's, he wants to take me there. He wants to take me to that place to, to do this and to do that or whatever. Like he has so many great plans. He gave me a glimpse of it. And so it, but someone else, it may be daunting. It may be like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's like, yeah. if I showed and you so all he this, doesn't it would give be, you a glimpse. Uh, he a just problem. shows you the next step. <laughs> you might get, you know, paralysis by analysis, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But yeah, I mean, trying to, trying to wrap everything up together, Literally. I think that's the, the biggest piece, but to, you know, to go back through some of the stuff that we were saying, it's the, the spiritual warfare stuff is very real. Sometimes that'll, that'll come at times. We have to be expecting it when it, when it comes, um, definitely take the testosterone stuff yeah. seriously. We as men, absolutely. I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on that alone of, of what men can do, yes. uh, to, to do that. I mean, I have any, I mean that I have an ebook for, for free. It's on my website on kingdomfit.academy. And uh, it's, it's called idea. Unmasking Manhood. And we, I go through seven different tactics uh, that I believe the enemy has used to create like non-masculine men through decreasing testosterone over the last like three decades or so. We go into extreme detail with that and then how to fix <laughs> these main seven things. And then also on the mm -hmm. spiritual side of it, of how the enemy has come in and done a lot of these things to, to get us to question our manhood and, and who God made us to be, you know? So that has a lot of uh, free information in there. So that'd be helpful. Um, Love that. So if anyone, if anyone on this podcast wants to uh, increase their testosterone and also figure kind of figure out who God wants them to be good place to start, grab that ebook. Um, I think, this has been such an enriching conversation. Um, not just, not just for anyone listening, but also for me. Like I've, I've learned a lot here. Um, a lot that I even want to apply into my program. So I appreciate you being here, taking the time for this. And, um, I'm glad that oh. God was able mm -hmm. to, to direct this conversation. Yeah. And clearly he was because we could tell how this conversation yep. flowed. Like man, you had yeah, the next I, point I that I was it, thinking of. I, I had a feeling the Lord was going <laughs> to do funny. that with this conversation and he absolutely yeah, did. It was, it was just, it, you know, I, just perfect from beginning to end of, of covering all these different, these areas. And I haven't had a conversation on this specific topic before. So I love that this is very, very unique. And uh, I mean, I truly believe it's going to help a lot of men. And it's, you know, it's like when there's guys like us that are, you know, in this space and in this industry, that's why I'm excited that I believe there's going to be more. I believe the Lord is going to bring up a lot more. And just because men are being called up to the front lines right now, just to, you know, I hope so. Break off that life of passivity and being stuck or idle and truly walk in the mission that the Lord has given us. And, but we gotta, we gotta take care of our flesh suit, right? We gotta take care of the, the body that the Lord gave us, but it's the renewing of, you know, our, our body, our mind or our soul and our spirit, yep. right? Like we have the renewing of the spirit from when we get saved, right? That our spirit is brand new. The Holy spirit comes to live and dwell inside of us. That's taken care of. We're good to go. And then we have the other two 
pieces of yep. us, right? We have our soul and we have our body. And I believe those, like the Bible makes it very clear we, of the renewing of our mind. Like that whole soul piece is mm-hmm. like, you know, it's a, it's a constant progression as we spend more time with the Lord on a daily basis. He'll refine yep. us. He'll pull stuff out, get weeds out of that garden that don't need to be there so you can flourish. Uh, but then the part that we do that we also want to handle as well is the body. Because if your body is going to give out, let's say you're supposed to live until, you know, 75 years old, but your body is done by 60 because of the decisions you made, you just left out a bunch of years where the Lord is going to have to raise someone else up to do what you were called to do. You don't want to get to the end of your life and know that you had more in in the tank that uh, that could have been there. But because you didn't take care of this temple, like it, it diminished somehow. So, yeah, I just, I just thought, yeah. Like it, it diminished. Especially as a man, mm-hmm. yeah, it it sucks yep. if you feel like you are not reaching your potential. That sucks. Um, but this was a really good episode, and if if you want to listen to another episode, um, anyone listening, I would recommend episode sixteen. I think this kind of fits in well, or fifteen. Fifteen is about mastering the art of discipline. Sixteen is about overcoming discouragement. So. Any those two episodes would be perfect segue after this one. But thank you, Mitch. I appreciate you being here. Um, I hope God blesses you not just in your ministry, you, but also I really in appreciate it. your it's been an, coaching been an business and everything that you're man. doing. I, I got a lot from it too. Yeah. I'm all amped up. I'm ready to go work out again. <laughs> it's, been, it's been an honor having this conversation, man. I, I got a lot. I'm ready to go work out again. Yeah, let's go hit another workout. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you and to all those listening also appreciate you. Thanks for being here and catch us next time.